privilege and also burden today to try to put to words, to try to explain the truth about your real identity established through Jesus Christ. Before diving into some deeper, more raw and difficult conversations on the podcast over the next few weeks, I don't want to take for granted that you are solid in this. Because the truth is that Satan's primary interest is to distort this very thing, your identity. And we don't truly meditate on this enough because if we did, we would see and experience less brokenness in the world around us in in our own lives. And if we aren't walking and breathing through the reality of our identity through Jesus Christ and what we are supposed to look like, This creates an open door for the enemy to come and wreak havoc on our minds. We need to write this reality, our identity as being children of God on our hearts. But this word identity, even this word children of child of God, has no true value without actually knowing what it means. And when I say knowing, I mean a spiritual, a heart kind of knowing, not just a mind, knowing in your mind, knowing facts, but actually knowing it and believing it in your heart. And that is what I am hoping to help with right now. Because I recognize that a lot of what I'm about to say is not new information for most of you. But what I do know is that oftentimes there is this disconnect between our minds and our hearts. And I'm hoping that tonight as I speak to you about this identity and the truth about what it means to be a child of God, that the Holy Spirit will use this moment to connect the dots, to connect what your mind knows and what your hearts believe. Let me assure you, God sees you. God knows you. God loves you. God protects you. And yes, God wants you. You were thought of and created for a purpose. No matter what your earthly circumstances might tell you, you were not an accident. God desires to be in relationship with his creation. And guess what? You are the greatest of all creation. The God that we serve is omnipresent, which means that he's always with you. This is an indisputable fact. He knows your thoughts. He knows your personality. Every hair on your head, God has counted. That thing about your physicality that you wish you could change, that imperfection that you hate about yourself, God sees as unique and special. He knows your giftings and your skills because he's the one who gave them to you. God is only excellent. Do not doubt your skills or scorn them or even covet another person's gifts. Instead, understand that the gifts that you have, he chose to anoint you with to serve him in that specific way. Yet in all of this, we know that my giftings, that your giftings, 
that your looks, that my looks do not define us. In fact, they are the overflow from the real identity that we have. All of creation, including all of creation's many gifts, every human, um, every purpose of all of cre- that, that each individual aspect of creation has, were and are established to reflect God's glory. You, yes, you were created to be a representation of God's glory on earth. That is how amazing you were created to be. Your identity comes with a name. And that name came with a price. You see, you were so excellent that the devil came to try to take you away. And unfortunately, he succeeded. The enemy saw you. He saw the plans God had for you. And he immediately took action to steal you and your destiny. And when the enemy stole you, God's glorious creation, because that's what you are, he attempted to steal God's glory. And because God allows us to choose his glory and to choose love, he gave us a will. And yes, you and I choose to forfeit that glory. We chose to forfeit that glory. That was our birthright. Satan came. He turned the glory gifted to us into ashes. And he shackled us to this deception, to this emptiness. He pulled us away from the light and drug us into the darkness where there was no hope. No love, no glory, and of course, no light. God sat and watched Satan wreak havoc in your life in light of this choice that you made. He's been watching his children reap and sow like this since the very beginning of time. So you're not alone. Satan has been leading God's children further and further away from God's God's side, further and further outside from being underneath God's wing for a really long time now. God always knew this would happen because he knows everything. And yes, it hurt his heart and it upsets him time and time again to see you, to see me, to see all of his children do unholy things to do unrighteous things, and all the while do it so willingly. But he also sat and watched people rise up against you, his precious child. He saw people hurt you, manipulate you, deceive you, and sin against you. And as he watched that, that also hurt his heart. But you see, he always had a rescue plan for you that was purposed for a specific time. He had to settle the score because he saw his creation. He saw you being destroyed and he was being robbed of all of the glory that was rightfully his. You were rightfully his all along. He made you. He formed you. He breathed life into your lungs, but you had been defiled. The enemy took your identity, your name, and tried to rename you as something you were never meant to be. Dead. A child of darkness. That's what he tried to name you. But God had something for you that was perfect, 
that was unstoppable, that was undeniable, magnificent, and miraculous. The ultimate event of all time. So he sent Jesus for you to take care of business once and for all. Jesus came in human form, demonstrating perfection and glory. Yes, God came in the flesh as Jesus, giving you a taste of what you were missing when Satan stole your attention. He came to show you what the enemy talked you into forfeiting. Jesus came in God's glory because he was a carrier of that glory, just like you were created to be. Only Jesus didn't fail. He didn't falter. He didn't become deceived. He was the ultimate reflection of God's glory. He came showing you that you can live right, that you can live holy, that you can say no to sin, that you can live free and that you can experience the love of the Father and that you can live a life that is abundant. All of that is what awaited you. And all you had to do to reclaim this identity, this name, child of God, was to say yes to Jesus. And when you said yes to Jesus, it meant more than you saying, I understand he died for my many, many sins. And because of that, I get to go to heaven when I die. That No, it means much more than that, people. It means that you understand that he died for you individually. He bore all of your sins, all of your crap to reinstate you, to reunite you, to reconcile you back home, back to the father so that you could sit at the table with your heavenly father and let his glory shine through you. Saying yes to Jesus means that you understand the gravity of that event, that it took place for you. Jesus did not come to earth to do nothing. He came to earth. He was despised, rejected, scorned, beaten, mocked, and mutilated because he wanted to and needed to in order to save you, to bring you back from death because that is where you were headed. You were literally dying. You were. So he died in your place for every foul word, every misstep, every moment of impurity. That action removed all of that from your rap sheet. That is how highly valued you are to the Lord. Your identity, though, doesn't even stop there because Your salvation ultimately reveals God's glory. You are the recipient of love and grace and mercy of a forgiving father, which ultimately leads to abundant life. When Christ rose from the dead, he rose you with him. This means you got the victor badge. It means the old, deceived, corrupted you died and and rose again a newly restored person. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in you and came to empower you to say no to the enemy and yes to the Father, your heavenly daddy who knows what's best for you. This means that through Christ's resurrection, you went from being lost to found, dirty to clean, guilty to innocent, sinful to holy, defiled to pure, broken to whole, powerless to powerful, 
weak to strong and victim to victor. This is who you are now. This is the undeniable truth of the matter. So that thing that's tried to hold on to you, that sin that you've kept hidden, that lie that you've believed that has ultimately made you feel unworthy, unloved, unseen, that oppression that you've been bearing, none of this stands a chance against he who lives in you. It just can't win. It's not possible for the enemy to win and keep you down as a child of God would be completely contrary to the promises that we have in scripture. And let me tell you something. This is not prosperity gospel. This is the truth found in the word of God. And if you've said, well, I'm just not these things that you say. I just, I just can't do it. I challenge you to watch your words because I didn't say these things. God did. God stamped you with these qualities when he came to live in you and they are manifested through the sanctification process when you accepted Jesus as your savior. If you're not experiencing life through this lens of identity, it's quite simply yours for the taking. Me and every person on the planet can come in and tell you to do this or that very practically and and those things will help. And we can sit and pray against curses. We can create programs to help you. We can sit down and have coffee with you. And we can point you to this and this resource and that resource and this podcast. But you know, ultimately, none of this matters if you don't truly understand who you are. When I was a girl, I was referred to a lot as being Farron Mowry's daughter. And that phrase did two things for me. First of all, it made me think about the fact that I'm representing my father, like my earthly father. So I had better walk worthy of the call, right? But at the same time, it also made me proud. I, I, I always remember this just proud feeling I got on the inside to be referred to as Farron Mowry's daughter. And I still am. I'm proud because my daddy is a good man. My dad is a strong man. My dad is a protective and honorable man. It's an honor to have that be my identity because it means something. Because those traits of his should be my traits too. And just as I am proud to be identified as his daughter, he is also proud to identify me as his, probably more so. And he shows me that in more ways than just uttering the words, I love you. And I know that some of you don't have that experience with an earthly father like I did. Some of you have no concept of the positive side of an earthly father identity. So being identified through the lens of a father is terrifying for you. In fact, it might even be almost shameful for you to think about being identified with your earthly father. But I, I want you to hear me. The situation that I described described earlier, having a good father, one that you are proud to be identified as belonging to, that is just a glimpse of what identity is like with your heavenly father. And that father, your heavenly father, is not one who leaves. He's not one who's abusive. He is not 
one who is careless or irresponsible. He's not a drunk. He is not dishonorable. This father, your heavenly father, is one like I've spent this entire time trying to describe to you. He is the one who ultimately created you. He is the one who walked with you every step of the way. He is the reason that you're still alive. And he is the one who rescued you and will continue to. So if you had an earthly father who does not represent in the natural these things, I want you to know that this is not a reality of what your heavenly father is like. Your heavenly father is only good. He is only love. And he will never leave you. And you know, parents, they they can't force us to love them. I can't force my children to love me. But my love for my father and my mother is returned by me. I show them and demonstrate to them my love because of how they've demonstrated love to me. And it was a choice I made. And if you had a rough childhood with rough parental guidance, again, this concept also makes little sense to you. But... You can understand the fact that we have a choice to love. God doesn't force you to love him or take a hold of that identity. He instead has just spent an eternity demonstrating and will continue to demonstrate to you all the while knowing that you have a choice and that ultimately the choice is that you have is to take on this identity as yours. Some of you who are believers in Christ are not fully walking in this fullness of this identity because you feel so oppressed, so burdened, so stuck in your sin. Some of you might be even confused hearing all of this because if it's true, why is your life such a mess? But I'm here to tell you that God is only good. God cannot be bad. God cannot be the bad representation of the father of of a bad earthly father like he can't relate with that because none of that is in the character of god so notice how in the last several minutes i never once said that scripture states that your problems would go away i also never once said that the enemy would stop coming after you because we know that scripture indicates that There's going to be problems. But what the word does say is that you are not just forgiven, but you are empowered through your identity. So I would challenge you to sit down and to take a look at yourself and ask, am I just forgiven or am I empowered also? Then ask the Holy Spirit who is inside of you to help you start to walk out the empowered part the victor part of this identity. And look, I understand that this word empowered can be used and abused by certain denominations. Um, And I think it's really important to say that this empowerment does not come with wealth It doesn't come with new cars or expensive things. That's not what this empowerment looks like. You don't just get to name it and claim it as far as earthly things. But 
what it does when you go to the Holy Spirit and ask for the empowerment, what that does is it gives you, the Holy Spirit gives you all of the resources you need, all of the willpower, all of the mental and physical capacity, all of the accountability, all of the friendships and mentors that you need to successfully begin to walk this out and to put the past behind you and move forward in the power of the cross as a child of God. Lord, you have said that if we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we will find. So Lord, I ask that you would open the eyes of your children who are listening to this right now to all of the ways that you are daily demonstrating your love for them. That you would open up their spiritual eyes through the Holy Spirit to see what they need to do, to walk in what they need, walk, take steps to obey and do what they need to be, do to really claim this identity for themselves and to live and breathe it. We know that if you, if we ask you, you will show us. We have faith for that. So Lord, I pray that you will begin to do this and that you will begin to answer the prayers of the people right now who are praying this and listening with all of their hearts and that they will daily begin to see a transformation as they walk out this identity and truly understanding what it means to be a child of God. Now hear my still small voice Speaking truth